Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, where we aim to educate ourselves on product industry and best practices as it relates to building and growing a customer messaging practice. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. Today, we've got a great guest today for you, Tracy Chang, Off Valley Holdings VP of Digital Marketing, who we'll talk to about their user engagement and outdoor innovation techniques. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here recording my very first podcast. Nice. Well, we appreciate you doing that and coming on the pod. Um, so I'd love to understand what does your role encompass? I think generally speaking, when uh, I know for myself, when I think about the mountains and, and Squaw Valley in particular, it's, it seems very glamorous. And I think most people I know would be very envious of the role. So what do you do? Yeah, well, you know, I'll start off by saying I'm generally a grasses greener on the other side kind of a person. But when it comes to my job, I definitely feel like I've hit the jackpot. I mean, I get to live in this beautiful destination where people come to vacation. And even after working here for eight years, my drive into Squaw Valley, when I get into the valley and it opens up and the mountain is the landscape, you know, that scene still takes my breath away. So I'm just so grateful to live in a place like this and to be doing something I love, which is digital marketing. It has a combination of everything I'm passionate about. It's part analytics, part technology, part creative. And it's a space that keeps changing and, and is always exciting. So it's great. So on a day-to-day basis, I lead a small group of digital marketers and together we oversee our companies, resorts, um, website, our social media, our video, photo content, advertising, which nowadays is about 90% digital for us. And uh, voice technology, I'm excited to say we'll be launching Alexa skill and um, Google Assistant Action in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. And then of course, we also manage the resorts mobile app, which has got us connected with OneSignal. That's awesome. I have to say, I mean, we're here in your office and uh, you mentioned how beautiful it is. It is actually very spectacular, which is a good segue. So Squaw Valley, which is famous for hosting the 1960 Winter Olympics, uh, which is incredible when you think about the Olympic scope and span today that this beautiful, idyllic place could host an Olympics. And it was also the first televised Olympics, which is really cool. And there's a ton of, you know, at least for me growing up in California, a ton of prestige and, and brand recognition. Um, so... What exactly is Squaw Valley, the business, and who are kind of your target customers? Yeah, so just to give you a little bit of background, about eight years ago, which is also coincidentally when I started, Squaw Valley and Alpine Meadows merged and joined to become one company and one resort. Um, Right now, the two mountains are connected by a short 15-minute shuttle ride, but they will soon, in the near future, be connected via a gondola, which will make us the largest ski resort in California and the second largest in the country, which is really exciting. You know, we're striving to be a more four-season resort, but skiing and snowboarding is definitely our core business. In fact, 90% of our revenue is generated during the winter season, which spans from November through April or May, and sometimes even into July. Um, Last July, we were skiing on 4th of July, which is always fun and very California experience. So yeah, that's skiing and snowboarding is our core business. And I will just say, i sure every industry has their challenges, right? And I think for, as a ski marketer, our, uh, we have a couple challenges ourselves. And one being that 
We are, as you can imagine, very dependent on weather, which makes a large portion of our job unpredictable and is hard for like type A's like myself. Um, <laughs> another challenge is that unlike toothpaste who can market to the entire population, you know, only about three to 4% of the U.S. population skis or snowboards. So all of our marketing and advertising have to be super targeted and precise. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw that statistic in our kind of pre-pod research, and uh, it struck me as really small. Who are the specific targets, though? Uh, what is that three to four percent look like? Yeah. So geographically, about seventy percent of our customers are in this regional market within a three to four hour drive. But more interestingly, from a psychographic perspective. Our customers are a little bit different than your average skier or snowboarder in that they tend to be a lot more motivated and driven. They're always pushing themselves to be the best version of themselves. They're a little more competitive than your usual skier and snowboarders, especially the ones that come to Squaw Valley. And, you know, they tend to be early adopters and trendsetters and leaders versus followers. And I think those attributes make sense, you know, largely due to the kind of terrain we offer and our history, like you mentioned with the Olympics. You know, we have some of the most challenging and progressive terrain in the country. So you would think it would attract some of these more aggressive, adrenaline-seeking skiers and snowboarders. And then, you know, a big majority of our guests are from the Bay Area who... You see a lot of the entrepreneurs and the go-getters. So these people just tend to work hard and play hard. And that's kind of our core customer set. Do you draw a little bit more globally or international in general because of the Olympics affiliation? Um, you know, internationally is a still a small percentage, you know, of our total, maybe yeah. in the single digits. So maybe initially, but that was also what, 60 years ago since we hosted. Yeah, 19, so, uh, yeah next year will be exactly yeah. 60 year anniversary. Yeah, so, so I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's a huge draw internationally, but we are expanding. We look for, you know, new markets all the time. And with China hosting the Olympics in two years, you know, we have looked to find new customers in that market. And, you know, we have that Olympic heritage now and their Olympic. So we have that tie. So yeah, we do look into expanding our markets, but that is not like a bread and butter for us. Yeah. Definitely the regional market is still the bread and butter. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about engagement and kind of audience, but I want to start off with innovation. So one of the things that I noticed last year when we were up here was that sort of innovation around the app. I thought it was really impressive, some of the, the features and functionality you guys had unleashed. But also just you know, sort of when I did the research here, you were the first integrate kind of Apple Watch features, the Apple Watch 3 features a couple of years back. Um, and you're doing a lot around engaging that competitiveness, the connectedness on the mountain. How do you guys think about that stuff and how do you deploy innovation or technology as it comes about? Yeah, you know, the ski industry is healthy. In fact, we set some visitation records just last season. But the industry as a whole, the snow sports industry, we do have some concerns about our key demographics aging out. And we're always looking for different and innovative ways to keep people in the sport. So we do look to leverage technology whenever we can to enhance our guest experience. And like you mentioned, as soon as Apple launched the skiing and snowboarding activity tracking in their Apple Watch Series 3, we jumped on that. And we were the first ski resort in the world, in fact, to develop a custom app for the Apple Watch. And having our app on a wearable just makes sense. It's a natural fit because 
you know, it just means warmer hands. We don't have to require our guests to take off their gloves and fumble with phones. And, and it also means less phones drop from the lifts because you'd be surprised to know how many phones we find actually on our mountain in the summer after all the snow melts. So, you know, it made sense. And we also, like you mentioned, have several features on our mobile app that help us engage with our guests. The leaderboard being a key one that it really helps us kind of spur a friendly competition with our guests and, you know, who tend to be just more competitive to begin with. But we will run contests from time to time to inspire them to ski a little bit more and see who can ski the most vertical feet or ride the most chairlifts and we reward them with prizes. In fact, we have a contest running right now where our guests can win a free heli ski trip outfitted by um, CMH, which is really exciting. And all they have to do is use our app to track. And once they reach 100,000 vertical feet, they are entered automatically to win a heli ski trip. And the odds are pretty good for winning because last season, I think about 2,000 people qualified. So when you think about one in 2,000 for a four to five day heli ski trip, it's pretty good. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's a commitment though. So the, so of the 2,000, those are like your loyalist yes. uh, customers. Oh, we so do have a lot of those. Um, yeah. yeah, we have a big number. You'd be surprised like a double digit people that ski over 100 days a season. So I grew up in the Bay Area, as did you. And uh, I definitely had a handful of friends who, um, like the hardcore skiers that I grew up with, they were all squaw, right? <laughs> yes. Squaw was the place. So, yeah. Somehow um, we attract these very dedicated, like I said, very dedicated, passionate skiers. Yeah. Do you have more Olympic skiers that are regulars at Squaw than any other resort in Tahoe? We do breed a lot of Olympians here. Yeah. yeah I've heard fact, a lot our, of daredevils too, a lot of the trick skiers. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. I mean, we offer the terrain, right? And our, you know, our chief um, mountain host is Johnny Mosley, who is an Olympian, as yeah. you know. So I've heard of him. Still, I've yeah. heard of him. He's yeah. another Bay Area. Uh, exactly. Kid. Grew up in Marin County. Grew up in Marin, exactly. So, um, And I think he was a surprise gold medalist too, right? He was really good, but he kind of shocked everybody and, and was amazing. Is that yeah, right? yeah. He pulled off his um, trick, the dinner roll, to That's win right. the, That's right. yeah, the Niseko Olympics. Yeah. Keeping us all our Bay Area natives proud. Um, so, with the, uh, one thing we talked a little bit about briefly was the AR kit stuff. You mm. guys had had kind of innovated around that, and you yes. talked a little bit about that. Kind of elaborate a little bit there. Yeah, I think we always try to, you know, develop features we think will really address our customers' pain point. And this specific example is one case where we didn't. We got a little bit distracted by the shiny new object and kind of went off our you know usual philosophy of not using technology for the sake of technology. So when Apple released their AR kit, it enabled advanced augmented reality capabilities for their iOS devices. And we really wanted to leverage that technology because it was new and because it felt cutting edge. So we developed this feature where guests can replay their ski day but in a 3D interactive fashion where they can project it onto any flat surface. Like if they were at a bar during après ski, they can display it and show their friends where they skied. So we fully developed this feature and we never launched it because in the end it fell a little over the top and a little gimmicky. And you know, while we think that a replay your day functionality would be useful, it probably doesn't need to be in this full immersive 
AR, 3D kind of an environment. So that's just an example of where we kind of was using technology to be fancy and not really think about how it would solve a customer pain point or enhance their ski day here. Yeah. I think it's cool that you guys attempted it and tried. I mean, yeah. uh, and one yeah, of the things that, yeah, one of, you learn exactly. Mm-hmm. I think you learn a lot from things, trying stuff and things that maybe don't work out or also having the the gall to to basically realize like, hey, this is cool. It's probably something here, but we're not ready. Yes. And so saying no. Yes. Um, so I was impressed by that. That's why I wanted to yeah. bring it up. Sometimes saying no is just, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. harder than saying yes. yes. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a victim of that all the time. So mm-hmm. as people in the work with me would say. So let's talk a little bit about digital engagement specifically. You know, one of the things that I noticed with the app, we talked a little bit about this is kind of how you think about that. What's your approach to driving that engagement, leveraging kind of digital tools, whether it's the app, website, and so on? Yeah, I think the key thing we focus on across all our digital platforms is being hyper-relevant. And we do that through, you know, really timely and personalized content. And one signals push notifications has been so instrumental in helping us get there. You know, all the different ways we can segment to our users based on their app behavior or based on their geolocation has been so helpful in providing content that's relevant and communication that's relevant. You know, and it's just so easy to implement these push notifications as really enabled us to get these simple, quick, you know, notifications out in a timely manner, for example, to communicate that a chairlift just opened, you know, so just quick to implement. And then another thing we do to try to ensure relevancy is we allow our guests to sign up for push notifications that they want to receive that are relevant to them, whether that be a snow alert or an offer, a deal, or just terrain updates. So, you know, we're really sensitive to our users' tolerance in the amount of push notifications we're sending and how often we're sending it because it's so easy for them to turn it off and worse uninstall our app altogether. So we really try to make each of these notifications add value to their day, whether that's in a form of information and knowledge or a deal or discount that will just make their day here better. That's cool. And I actually, we commented on this as well before uh, we did this about how you have instrumented both the kind of welcome to the village, you know, when you come and then thank you for, you know, coming to the village when you leave. Really simple things, but very impactful, at least for me personally. Yes. I mean, we really use push notifications throughout our guest journey, right? So like you said, the moment that they arrive, we have geofences set up where they automatically get triggered a welcome to Squaw or Alpine message. And then throughout the day, you know, we send them push notifications as warranted to tell them about different terrain updates. Um, like I said, chairlifts opening or closing, where the skiing is good. And then, you know, we also use push notifications for crowd management. And an example of this is, you know, on weekends, there's generally a mass exodus around four shortly after the lifts close. And if the traffic is backed up, we can send out a push to let them know about an operate ski special so they can wait out the traffic. You know, so we just utilize all these ways to talk to them while they're here. And and beyond just talking to them while they're at the resort, we also utilize push notifications pre-visit and post-visit. So pre-arrival, you know, there's nothing that motivates people to come up to the mountains like new snow. So we do send out notifications when we get substantial amount of snow to get people excited and to inspire them to come up. And then after they visit, if they used our app to track 
their day, you know, we send them stats to remind them of what a great day they had. So they would want to come back. So it's all these micro moments, you know, that help us build a meaningful relationship with our customers. Mm. Yeah. I got the alert earlier this week about the new snow. So you definitely got me excited about coming up yeah. and uh, seeing you. And, and here you and are. You're yeah. going to ski tomorrow. That's great. It, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, how have notifications or in app in general supported your goals? Um, you know, mainly what I just talked about with how instrumental they've been in helping us communicate with our on site guests. So, yeah, a lot of what I just mentioned. When you think about, you know, kind of there's so much change happening. I think one of the great things about digital marketing yes. is it's new and there's less innovation. Yes. One of the challenges of digital marketing is technology changes very fast yes. and things are moving. What are the things that are kind of that you're seeing that are gonna be interesting kind of going forward? Yeah. So well j- just this past season, we discovered that our app traffic actually exceeded our web traffic for the very first time um, in terms of sessions and app screen views versus page views, which was really shocking to be honest. But, you know, it really helped validate to us that our app is one of our top channels for communicating and interacting with our guests. So that's encouraged us and changed our strategies to continue to invest in this, the app as, um, you know, a top channel. And then something else has changed. So this fall, we learned that Apple, uh, with their iOS 13 release, is really focusing on their users' privacy in that they're kind of starting to encourage them to not let um, apps track their location. And because so much of our app communication is based on our users' location, you know, we've kind of had to sort of change our strategy there. And, and we are going to utilize OneSignal's in-app messaging more this year. That's going to be a top strategy to utilize that to start educating our guests about the importance of um, sharing their location with us and it's not so we stalk them and follow them wherever they are, but it's really so we can send them um, notification that's relevant to them based on where they are because the kind of messaging they get from us if they're at the resort is very different from if they're not at the resort. You know, Nobody yeah. down the bay needs to know if we just open the lift or close the lift. So yeah. stuff like that. It's just going to start making us educate our guests more about that. Yeah, I think what Squaw's gonna or Squaw Alpine's gonna be in a much better position than most, right? I mean, most people who have downloaded the app are visitors. They come here, they recognize the value. Yes, um, you know, yes. not not to uh, comment specifically on Apple strategy, but I do. One of the things I've always appreciated about them is they've been user friendly and user focused from a privacy standpoint. My guess is those changes actually will have a positive impact in the long run on Squaw Alpine. More people will opt in. More people will use the app and some of the bad actors out there will be removed. There's actually a, a New York Times series of articles that started yesterday talking hmm. about some of this stuff and, and illuminating it. So Interesting. Well, Tracy, I really appreciate you joining the podcast. It's been awesome talking to you and being here in general is just wonderful. It's magical up here and it's going to be even more magical in the next you know, couple of weeks with all the snow and the holidays. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, having me. It's been fun. I well, appreciate it. Well, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe at your favorite podcast directory and have a great uh, holiday at the end of the year. 